What's up? How are you guys doing today? There's five people doing well over here. Are you guys happy to be in church today? Hey, I know, I know it might have been difficult getting in the parking lot. We're, we're doing three services for the first time today, and so we're going to be working through some kinks. So thank you guys for having patience. Uh, would you guys do me a favor, though? Give it up for our parking team. Give it up for everybody that's here and serving. And... Uh, we're thankful that, that God has challenged us and given us opportunity to make room for more souls. Uh, but there's always some, some stuff we got to work. I, I did not, the first service was absolutely packed. We did not expect that to happen. So let's give God some praise for that as well. Uh, but I, I'm sorry if it, if it took a little bit longer to get, uh, how many of y'all, you weren't here when the service started? How many of y'all didn't, weren't in here? Okay, not too many. Okay, all right. Never mind. Take, I take back everything I said. Everything is fine. There are no kinks to work out. Uh, today we're starting a new series called Dangerous Prayers. Dangerous Prayers. And uh, we're going to be in this for a few weeks. Uh, today the prayer, the main prayer is this prayer. It's a, it's a dangerous prayer. Search me. Now what do I mean by dangerous prayers? I mean powerful, effective. Uh, I mean the kind that, that change your life the kind that move heaven and earth. So often we pray safe prayers. Uh, and I don't want you to know, God is interested in any kind of conversation he can have with you. So there are no small prayer requests. God, God's into all of them. And, and he prefers to have a dialogue versus a monologue. So he'd prefer for there to be conversation back and forth. But, but God doesn't mind you bringing just even the simplest of prayer requests. He just likes, he's into you. He's into having conversation with you. But so often when we ask, when we're praying for things, we pray safe prayers like, God, protect me. God, watch over me. God, help me. God, bless me. God, bless the cereal I'm about to eat. You know, th those kinds of prayers, the safe prayers. God, give me a parking spot. Give me a, a good parking spot, okay? Anybody ever prayed that before? There's nothing wrong with those prayers. There's a Cajun, he was driving through the Walmart parking lot and he was asking God, God, please give me a parking spot close. I don't want to have to walk to you. For God, please give me a parking spot really, really close. And as he was praying, a car real close to the front door backed up and left. And this Cajun said, never mind, God, I found one. <laughs> I find often sometimes we don't see how God is actually answering our prayers. But a lot of times we don't pray dangerous prayers. There's nothing wrong with these prayers. They're safe. But a lot of times these types of prayers, they cover the benefits of God. I'm so thankful for the benefits that we have because of relationship through his son, Jesus. But at the end of the day, I think it's important that we also pray prayers like, God, I want everything that you have. But when it comes to that, we don't just get to focus on the benefits that we have in relationship with God. We also have to ask every once in a while, hey God, what do you want from me? And that's when it gets scary. Those are dangerous prayers because they're often going to be sacrificial. They're going to be difficult, dangerous prayers. A lot of us saw this video this last week of this young man who sat in a courtroom and forgave the killer of his brother and then begged the judge that he could go and give this woman a hug. And we saw this amazing display of the character of Christ and forgiveness. I wonder how the prayers started with that young man. I'd imagine the first prayers were something like, God, just help us. God, help my mama. 
help us get through this, help us get through this. So I don't know how, but I believe that slowly but surely his prayers got more and more dangerous. God, help me to forgive this woman. God, I choose to forgive. Not just in word, but with everything that I am. Those get to be pretty dangerous prayers. I want our church to be a safe place for people to come and never feel judged. I want this to be a place where people can come and experience a great service, but much more than that, where they can grow and, and safely grow, feel like they can be encouraged and supported, but become fully devoted followers of Christ, disciples of Christ. And I want it to be safe, but I do not want to be a safe church. I want us to be a church that pray dangerous prayers, that believe God for big, scary things. I don't want us to be a church that just pray for reasonable things. I want us to be a church that pray for supernatural things and believe that God's gonna show up and actually do them. But it means that we have to be willing to pray dangerous prayers. Our text today is in Psalm 139. And in this scripture, David is praying. He's the Psalm of David. And it's a great setup because in the beginning part of this chapter, David is just talking about the attributes of God. I think this is a great model for us to follow as well. Anytime we go to pray, I think a great way for you to start with prayer is just reminding yourself how big God is. Reminding yourself like, God, man, you are amazing. You're faithful. You are all these things. And so in the first few verses, David is talking about the omniscience of God, how God is all knowing. He knows everything. And so I don't know that you need to remind God that he knows everything, but you need to remind your own ears that God knows everything. So maybe you'll start asking him for what he knows about what you need instead of assuming you know what you need. But then he goes into talking about the omnipresence of God. Like, God, you're everywhere. You're everywhere. There's no place that I can go. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. The, the deepest, darkest valleys or the highest mountaintops, God, you are there. I was reminded of that again when I got back from Nepal. Like, God, you're so good. You're everywhere. You're omnipresent. And then he talks about the omnipotence of God, this, the all-powerful God. All powerful. Everything I have is in you. So David is setting all this up on his knees, declaring who God is. And then he gets into the dangerous part of this psalm, and it's right at the end. And it says this, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I love this innocence, this cry of innocence and transparency from David before his God. And I think there that there's actually three parts of this prayer that are all very dangerous, but so important. This first prayer is this, to be known, to be known. Verse 23, know my heart. And then it goes on to say, know my anxious thoughts. David wanted God to know him. But this is, it's dangerous and risky to really be known, okay? Like a lot of times, like we just wanna be known, but we wanna be like Facebook known, right? We wanna be Instagram known, just, just, just that known. 
But to be really known, man, this is, this is a dangerous prayer. Every once in a while, I'll be out in the community and like, you know, stand around a group of people and somebody be there and they'll just be cussing up a storm. And then they'll start talking to me and they're still cussing and stuff. And this has happened before. And somebody will walk by and say, hey, Pastor James. <laughs> and all of a sudden you can see the wheels turning in that person's head. Like, oh my goodness, what, what everything, what all have I said? And then they start trying to convince me, like, I'm really, I'm a good person. You know, they start like giving me their testimony and like, then they start talking about their childhood and all this stuff. And I'm like, honestly, I just really need to buy my milk and go home. Can, you know, if I can do that. Because when you're exposed like that, when you're known, man, it just feels risky. It's a dangerous thing to truly be known. God already knows David. He knows everything about him. He knows everything about me and you. But our approach to people that deeply know us, that we know know us, is so much different than the people that we approach that don't really know us. And so what David is doing is he's declaring permission. Like it's one thing just to have a head knowledge. God already knows me. It's another thing when you start declaring, God, know me. I speak it over my life. I want to be known by you because, because if I'm known by you and I know you, then there would be nothing that can get between us. The people you know the best, the people that know you the deepest, there's a different kind of relationship there. Like Cody. Like when Cody and I first started, when, when, when you're in a relationship, when you're in the dating phase or you're in the engagement phase, let's just be honest it's still relatively shallow at that point. Like some of you might, no, you don't understand when I met my, the love of my life. And it just got so intense, so quick. And we were just so serious. And clearly you've been in that relationship for about three weeks. And, uh, and, and, but, but when you, but at that point, it's kind of like this. When I met Cody and I was just like into her and she was beautiful and all this stuff, it was, it was kind of like this. Hey, you eat? I eat too. You sleep at night? I sleep at night too. Oh my goodness, we have so much in common. We're meant for each other. But you don't really know the person. And then you get married. And things get real. Like if you're married and you remember one of the first times you're both in the bathroom together? <laughs> Things get real up in the bathroom. All of a sudden this person's there. It's like a lot I could say about that, but I'm going to move on. But y'all know what I'm saying. <laughs> Cody had the opportunity to get to know me, the good and the bad and the ugly. Last week at, at Woman Conference, Cody shared how early on in my marriage, she discovered that I had a pornography issue. Pastor, man of God, I struggle. I'm so thankful that God gave me a wife that understood grace and patience, that demonstrated the character of Christ and what, what Jesus did for me, that she demonstrated that. But how many of y'all know that is being known? It's risky and it's difficult, but because of that, 
17 years of marriage now, this woman knows me. <laughs> and there is nothing <laughs> that she could ever find out that would be shocking to her. She just knows me. She knows me. It's good to be known. But it's dangerous. It's risky. It's embarrassing sometimes. But there's so much freedom in being known. So much freedom in being known. God says, or David says to God, God, just know my heart. Know my heart. Anybody ever told you, check your heart? You need to check your heart. Check your heart. I don't know if you've ever said that. I think this is a practice we need to get into, okay? Like when somebody bows up on you, like somebody wants to fight you, you know? And instead of like getting defensive and trying to bow up on them, you know, start trash talking. You, you stepping? You want some of this? A little thunder? A little lightning? You want some of this? <laughs> like instead of all that, you just do this. You need to check your heart. You, sir, check your heart. <laughs> Somebody gets super competitive with you, whatever, check your heart. Somebody cuts you off in the church parking lot. <laughs> Why? Because every action comes from the heart. It all starts in the heart. So when someone's having an issue with you, someones, it's the overflow of what's happening here. The Bible, when the Bible talks about the heart, it's just talking about the inner part of who you are. It's like who you really are. That's, that's where it's coming from. Jeremiah 17, 9 says this, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? That's why when people say, man, just follow your heart. I'm like, oh, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> You're going down, man. Because our hearts, man, will just, it'll mislead us. It's so easy to check other people's hearts, right? Like, mm-hmm, I can see what's going on there. But we have an issue with our own heart. God already knows David's heart. He knows all things. He knows our motives. He sees our past. He sees who we are. But our heart is the why behind the what of our lives. It's the reason why we do. Have you ever done something and after you do, it's like, where in the world did that come from? Like it scared you? That happened to me. First dog that Cody and I owned, his name was Charlie. Chocolate Lab, male lab. Oh. If you've ever owned a male lab before, oh my goodness. They are just the epitome of everything puppy. And they destroy, he destroyed everything. He just, everything in his path. Like we train him, like we did every, but this dog just, he just chewed everything. And so one day, the UPS guy, we just ordered about $700 worth of college books because we were both in college. And the UPS guy put it on the front step within reach of Charlie. So we get home and it is paper mache. Like it is like confetti everywhere. He had shredded all $700 worth of books. 
And before I know, I had like this blackout moment. Next thing I know, I'm holding Charlie up against the house, lifted, choking him against the house. Like I'm, I'm gonna kill this dog. And I just hear this faint noise. James, James. And I turned to see the most horrified look on Cody's face like, I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? <laughs> so we waited four years to have kids and uh, <laughs> we tried some plants. Cody killed all those, so. But the truth is at that point in my life, I did have some anger issues. Had some anger issues. Your, your heart contains your motives. It's also the first place that'll lie to you about your motives. So you're like, I don't have an anger issue, so shut your face. Oh, really? (laughs) I don't have a problem with gossip. I just want other people to know what they need to pray for, for other people. I don't have a gossip issue. I don't have a problem with lust. I just think that naked bodies are beautiful and sexy. Really? I don't have a problem with bitterness. I just hope they get fired and have an incurable disease. That's all. But I'm not bitter. Proverbs 27, 19 says this, as water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. It's possible to do a lot of the right things but not do them with the right heart too. I mean, so this is not just you going around faking stuff either. If you're raising kids, you've seen this before. You ever ask your kids to apologize to one of their siblings? You need to tell them you're sorry. Sorry. <laughs> awesome. Now give them a hug. Like that's it, straight arm, (laughs) that's it. So it's not doing the right things if your heart hasn't gotten there too. To be known, guard your heart. Psalm 51.10 says, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me your heart to be known. David also talks to God about his anxious thoughts. His anxious thoughts. What are your anxious thoughts? Like what, what is it in your life that creates fear? Is it a fear of failure? A fear of success? A fear of people? Being rejected by people? A, a, a fear of death? What I found in my own life is the things that I fear the most are the areas where I trust God the least. So if I'm afraid I'm anxious about something, it usually just helps me to identify, wow, this is an area of my life that I have not trusted God with. I haven't trusted God with this area of my life yet, whatever that may be. And God asked me to do some scary stuff sometimes. My, My greatest fear is the fear of failure and the fear of being taken advantage of. Those are my greatest fears. I don't want to fail. That's why I don't, I don't like to lose. How many of y'all hate to lose? 
The people that really hate to lose, their hands was up first because they wanted to be the first one to go out like, I win! My hand was up first. <laughs> I get it. So when God asked me to do things that, that there's more of a risk that I could fail, it's, it's hard, like three services. It's intimidating. But that just means, that just helps me see, okay, that's an area that I've got to trust God with. That's where I've got to step out. Another part of this prayer is to be clean, to be known, to be clean. You know what makes me happy. There's a lot of things that make me happy. Uh, it makes me happy when my sports teams are winning. That's why I've been in a bad mood for a while. Like nothing's really been going great around that area. Uh, and, uh, a good steak makes me happy. Anybody in the house, a good steak makes you happy, okay? Tacos, tacos make anybody else happy in the room? Tacos make me happy. A good pizza, a good pizza always, a good pizza makes me happy, uh, okay? Um, Presents make me happy. I enjoy presents make me happy. I don't know if that makes you happy or not. It makes me happy. Uh, there's a lot of things that make me happy, but you know what makes me the most happy? You know what actually gives me true joy? Being able to go to bed at night with a clean heart. Because I get to rest. <laughs> there's been times in my life when I haven't been able to do that. There's been times in my life when I, I haven't been, I, I didn't go to bed with a clean heart. Those nights suck. I don't, I don't enjoy those. But what makes me the most happy is when I can be just like, I'm clean, God. Not perfect. Not I did everything right. I just admitted everything I didn't do right. I'm clean. There's a lot of joy in that place. And this is David's heart in this song. See if there's any offensive way in me. If there's anything in me, I want you to see it. We, we tend to accuse other people and excuse ourselves on stuff. That's the more natural tendency. But David wants to remain innocent before God. He wants his motives exposed, his thoughts exposed. He says, God, test me. David knew firsthand that there was no place that David could hide. <laughs> God was going to see him. But we are born with this inherent need to hide where we are weak or make mistakes. Like even as little kids, if anybody, anybody raising kids and you, your kids try to hide something from you, something they did, anybody in the house, if you're not raising your hand, you've never had children before. Uh, because at one point or another, a kid will try to hide something. They just do. It's just a part of it. Like they just, it's in us. That's what Adam and Eve did. The first thing they did is they tried to hide. <laughs> it's just silly because God sees everything, but, we, but that's in us. Like we want to hide stuff. London, our oldest, she's this awesome, mature, godly young woman now, but when she was little, she was a little klepto. And that girl was just, she was stealing stuff all the time. And so one day, Cody and, and London were at the house, and London comes to, Cody says, Mom, I've got money. Cody's like, oh, that's cute. I'm sure you found a couple pennies and a quarter somewhere. That's adorable. And London's like, no, I got money. She's like, okay. Mommy, I really have money. She takes out a $100 bill and shows it to her. <laughs> so Cody's like, wow, yes, you do. Well, London, where did you get that? Found it. Where did you find it? 
I found it. London, show me where you found the money. So she takes her up to her room and she just goes in and sits on her bed. And she's still in that place. So she wants to hide what, what, what's going on, right? She's trying to hide it. But then when she knew she was busted, she couldn't hide it anymore. She pulls back the cover on her bed and there's $4,000 sitting on her mattress, all spread out. Like she got on it and was like swimming in it. <laughs> I got money. What Cody didn't know is earlier that day, I had sold a motorcycle for $4,000 in cash and put the money in my nightstand. But I hadn't told Cody, I, we just did, didn't connect on that. And so she didn't know that I had $4,000 in cash sitting in my nightstand. But London knew and London found it. <laughs> and London was gonna keep it. But we we're thankful because after that, we found a half eaten hot dog, 26 empty wrappers from gum. We found some jewelry. We found like a whole bunch of stuff. And then we we're just like, so good that we're able to identify this in our daughter now. Because we know you're going to be a leader. We just don't want you to be a leader of a gang in prison. And so, but it helped her get clean. <laughs> Some of us, man, we, we need to pray that dangerous prayer. God, I want to be clean. In Psalm 32, 3, it says this, When I refuse to confess my sin, my body wasted away, and I groan all day long, day and night. Your hand of discipline, which is God's love, was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Man, it's a dangerous prayer to be clean. The last part of the prayer is this, to be led. To be led. Verse 24, lead me in the way everlasting. Telling God to lead us is one of the most dangerous prayers in my opinion because God will lead you to some uncomfortable places. It's hard, man. God will ask you to go to some, some really difficult places. Like, God, lead me. It's a dangerous prayer. God, lead me. Lead me to Arkansas from Colorado. God, lead me to Cabot, Arkansas. God, lead me to this interesting building behind the old grocery store. God, lead me. You, you want us to build a building? That sounds expensive. God, lead me. Three services. God, lead me. Those aren't the important things in my life. God, lead me to be the father that sets an example for my children. God, lead me to be the kind of husband that that lives my life and sacrifices to my spouse the way that Jesus sacrificed himself for me. God, lead me. God, lead me. Lead me. It's a dangerous prayer. The Impala, it's this antelope. I think it's in the antelope family. It's out of Africa, maybe a deer, but this animal can jump 30 feet. And, and as high as 10 feet. And so you may be questioning like, okay, well, so I've seen Impalas like in zoos and stuff. That does, I mean, how do they keep them in there if they can jump that far? Well, it's easy because an Impala, it's not very tall. It can't see over a three foot wall. It can't see over a three foot wall. And, and a three foot wall will keep an Impala 
in capture because an Impala will not jump where it can't see where it's landing. It won't jump. And that's just like us. So many of us, God has put in you the ability to do incredible things for his kingdom. He has put in you abilities and gifts that only God would get glory for. But we, as especially in American culture, we want our money back guarantee. It's like, God, I'll jump, but I have to be able to see where I'm landing first. And sometimes God's just saying, no, I need you to jump and trust me for where you're gonna land. But if you will jump, man, you're gonna jump a long ways. And people are gonna see you jump and it's gonna be a testimony of my goodness and my glory and my power. But you gotta be willing to say, God, lead me, lead me. Sir Francis Drake, he was this explorer, a naval pioneer. And he wrote this disturbing prayer, this dangerous prayer that disturbed me when I read it. And I hope it disturbs you too. Disturb us, Lord, when we're too well pleased with ourselves, when our dreams have come true because we dream too little, when we arrive safely because we sail too close to the shore. Disturb us, Lord, when with the abundance of things we possess, we have lost our thirst for the waters of life. Having fallen in love with life, we have ceased to dream of eternity. And in our efforts to build a new earth, we have allowed our vision of the new heaven to dim. Disturb us, Lord, to dare more boldly to venture on wider seas where storms show your majesty. We're losing sight of land, we shall find the stars. We ask you to push back the horizon of our hopes, to push us into the future in strength, courage, hope, and love. My biggest prayer for you is that we would pray dangerous prayers. To be known, to be clean, to be led. Some of you, you, you honestly have never actually started there with your relationship with God. Because the truth is this, it's very easy for us to fall in love with the salvation of Jesus. Just like I said at the beginning, the attributes of God, the, 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 or, or rather the benefits of God, we love those, bring them. But the truth is, Salvation, blessing, grace, everything is the benefit of first being led by a Lord and Savior. It's a Lordship issue first. And I, and I think that there's a chance that there's some of us in this room, we've had relationship with God through knowledge of who He is, and we have been in love with His benefits and His forgiveness but we've never actually truly had relationship with him because we've never surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus. Like, lead me, have my life, lead me. And so if you're there, you've been in that place, one of the most dangerous prayers is Lord lead me, but it means that you don't have your own life anymore. You surrender your life, but, but the truth is this, your life has already been bought. When you become a Christ follower, you realize my life doesn't belong to me anyway. 
But understanding that and walking in that is the only place that you can really ever experience peace, joy, God's blessings. It's in a place of surrender. Let's close our eyes, bow our heads. If you're here today and you've never truly said that prayer, maybe some of you are realizing maybe I, I needed to say that prayer again. I haven't been in a place where I've truly been led. But some of you, you've never, you've never said that. You've never said, God, I surrender my life to you. I want you to lead me as my Lord. And if you're here today and you've never prayed that prayer, or maybe you did it a long time ago, but you've been away from him and you need to come back to him. If you're in either one of those places, the word says, if you'll believe in your heart and confess with your mouth then you can be saved. And I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm just gonna ask you to be bold enough and brave enough that you would be willing to admit that it's you. And what I'm getting ready to ask you to do, that the action itself doesn't save you, but the action itself in faith shows that you're willing, you're confessing that you wanna be led by him. If you're here today and you're ready to surrender to him as your Lord and Savior, nobody looking around, if that's you, would you please put your hand up? As soon as I see your hand, you can put it down. I need to surrender to the Lordship of Jesus. Got it, thank you. Anybody else? Yes, sir, thanks, man. I respect that. Got it, thank you. Anybody else? I'm ready to be led by him. Yes, ma'am, thank you. Anybody else? It's the best place you can ever be. It's a surrender to him. Got it, thank you. Anybody else? I'm away from him. I don't have a relationship with him and I'm ready to surrender to him today. Got it, thank you. Anybody else? Every person that raised your hand, let's just talk to him. Say, Jesus, here's my life. I believe that you came and you died on the cross for me. You paid the price for my sin. And right now I ask for your forgiveness. And I thank you that you defeated my, my sin and you defeated death when you rose from the grave. And right now I surrender my life to you. And I also repent, I, I turn away from living the way I've been living. I wanna live according to your plan and your purpose. I've been trying to do this on my own and it's not working. I want you to lead me, lead me. I wanna be known by you. Also clean me, God, clean my heart. If you made that decision today, all of heaven is rejoicing for you. Heaven's throwing a party for you right now. I'd encourage you, encourage you to go public with that decision as soon as you can. Water baptism is a great way to do that, but just tell somebody as soon as the service is over, hey, I made a decision today to follow Jesus. Father, thank you for helping us by your grace to be a church that prays dangerous prayers. Start with me. Start with me, God. Start with, with any part of me. Search me, oh God. Search me, oh God. Thank you for giving us the grace to be everything that you've called us and created us to be. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.